Welcome to the Tribute to Happiness at Work, at Home, in Life podcast. What is happiness? Where do you find happiness? How do you feel happiness? Do you control your own happiness or is somebody else controlling your happiness? Are you living a meaningful and worthwhile life where you experience joy, contentment and positive well-being? Do you feel happiness at work, at home and in life? In this Tribute to Happiness podcast, you will discover what happiness means to people all over the world and how they implement happiness in their life. Here is your host, Hjeden Svenperson, and with him you'll explore these and other interesting topics. Hello and good morning. This is Iceland's Chief Happiness Officer calling. In the 1960s, the term human resources was first expressed, when the value of labor relations began to gain attention, and when notions such as motivation, organizational behavior, and selection assessments began to take shape in all types of work settings. If human resource management is an umbrella term used to describe the management and development of employees in an organization, how has it evolved? And is HR on the right track? In this episode of Tribute to Happiness, we will talk to a veteran about this topic. Hello, how are you? Well, hello. It's Steve. It's Steve. Yes, and how are you? Well, fine, thank you. You are Steve Brown, Mr. Steve Brown. And you are in Cincinnati. Yes, I am. Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Midwest. And I can't believe I'm talking to a friend in Iceland. Okay, okay. Then if, if you're talking to a friend in Iceland, then you must say my name, say my name, say my name. <laughs> I'm not going to try your last name. No. Um, I will, I will. Hello, Hjerdin Sveinbjörnsson. Yeah, close. Hjerdin Sveinbjörnsson. Oh, okay. I like it. Yes. So you are you are like linguistic. Did oh, you? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just I I enjoy learning people's names. It's funny. One of the things that really drives me is when is knowing people's names and to know them well because we were given a name for a reason. Yeah. So it brings me more joy if I come to you go. Hey, how are you? You? That doesn't yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are giving the name, so you like you have to use it, or like Absolutely. you have to know it. So that's and we in Iceland we have this tradition of like I have Sveinbjörnsson, That's my father's name, and then I okay. I'm his son. Oh, so okay. My, so my, it's tied <coughs> more family oriented. Sveinbjörn is was my father's name, so we like you will never figure out if who is related to who, or like you have probably a brown like for ages. So you have yes. to dig very deep in the Icelandic names to see who is related. Because always, my kids, they take my name, Hjerdin. So it, would that be their last name then, Hjerdin? Yes, Hjerdin's son or Hjerdin's daughter. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I know. I've learned something today. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's like your kids with Steve's son or Steven's daughter. So it would be Josh Stevenson, Josh Stevenson, and Melanie Stevenson. Stevens' daughter. Oh, yes. Uh, no, so what's the word for daughter? Daughter. Okay. Man, I'm learning so much. Yeah, I didn't I think that we'd be doing linguistics and no. happiness. 
that like that was Icelandic. You're the first one. Icelandic 101. That's fantastic. So, Mr. Mr. Brown, because you like we never use the Mr. here in Iceland. We are always on a first name basis. So I will know. Oh, I, I love that. Uh, we we are never like Mr. Swimpionson. That would be very oh. odd. So that's huh? I, I will call you Steve from here now from now on. That's good. I called you Hagen. Thank you. So that was much better. Like third time is a charm. Getting there. Yes. So tribute to happiness is about like happiness at the work and employees and leaders and stuff. And you have been engaged in human resources for what? Uh, do I dare say it? Thir- uh, almost thirty th- years. Oh, more than that. More? Unfortunately, but you yeah, you 30, don't. You look 35? like you're twenty nine. You look like you're twenty nine. Well, I started when I was very young. (laughs) (laughs) So take me through, like, what became, why why did you get this interest in human resources? Or like, at at that time, we are talking about then in the 80s or or mid-80s. Mid-80s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I went to school, college, or uh, university, Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the sciences, actually, to start out. And... uh, I was in the sciences because that was the most lucrative uh, occupation. I was going to make the most money. I was very good at math and science. Uh, But once I reached college, my grades started to plummet from high school from, uh, you know, they went down. I was the top of my class in high school. But the more I did sciences, I fell like a rock. Okay. And uh, my mother one day, because I was close to failing. I was close to being kicked out of school. And my mom, uh, who is amazing and very uh, intuitive, said, hey, why don't you get into a field where you can be around people? Because don't you understand that's what you do all the time. You're always in things with people. So find a job where you can do that. So uh, when I started, it's, um, gosh, it was before HR was a term. It used to be called personnel or labor relations. But I tried it, and uh, it was the first job I had coming out of school, and it's the only thing I've had since because it's funny. I don't know if you come across this uh, over in Iceland. I hate when people put on their resumes, they're a people person. I'm a people person. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Let's find out if you are because most people aren't. They say they are because it gets you a job or it sounds nice or it sounds attractive. Yeah. I am. Uh, I am. I need to be around people all the time. It's um, it's very difficult for me not to be around people. So, yeah. When I first went into the field, though, it was not people oriented. I swear, it just wasn't. It was very administrative and tactical, and more about doing the rights and wrongs, the do's and don'ts, and lots of rules. And I, I just didn't understand that. I wanted to be around humans. So some of that took me to different jobs over the years. But now I'm in a place where I get to be with people every day. So let's applaud your mother for being wise. And then, like, the pandemic must be devastating for you. Because I am there where I, like, I can't hug people. I can't talk to people. I was just like, <laughs> this, this Zoom thing is just killing me. And it's just like, it's, it's very hard when you are this, like, you need to be around people. It's more like just engaging with people mm-hmm. and getting this one-on-one face-to-face and see expressions and stuff. I agree. Uh, it was funny. Uh, there's a, a lot of talk out there about extroverts versus introverts. 
this virtual stuff is killing extroverts, just killing them. Yes. Being one, and I'm sure you are. Oh, one yes. Too. <laughs> and you're just like, so this is great. I get to see you on a screen. I feel like we're right there. Yeah. Instead of saying, I get to be in a coffee house with you, or I get to share a meal with you, or I get to, you know, just walk down the, the street with you or be in an event with you. Uh, I have some friends, extroverts, fellow extroverts who are really struggling from a mental well-being yeah. standpoint uh, to the point of being concerned. And so what I do is to make sure to check in with them uh, because it's such a reality of what we're facing. Mm. I hope that changes more rapidly than not. However, the one thing that I've learned from this is the reality of how human we really are in the workplace, in life, at home. It's been driven so much to the forefront now through the pandemic because we've realized that everything we do is related to people, whether you are a people person or not. Uh, we've learned that as an organization. Uh, I actually am in my office as we're on this call. And uh, the reason is I work for a restaurant company mm -hmm. and we make pizza. And when you talk about happiness, pizza brings you happiness, guaranteed. No matter what you eat, no matter what kind it is, if you have a piece of pizza, you are happy. Oh yes, uh, and I look like so it. like I look like a pizza. <laughs> I eat so much of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so we've uh, we've had uh, our team members are have been in at work the entire time. They've uh, not been virtual. So uh, the office people, such as myself, we've had a mix. I do some in the office, some at home. We try to make sure that we're safe, but uh, I get a little more people contact, primarily with my employees. Uh, but good friends or, or meeting friends online is hard. It just wears you out. So that, that gets me, like, then I want to ask you about the thing is, in this pandemic, companies have had to take enormous steps, like going forward and, and trusting people and, like, not checking up on them and, and, like, they are at home and they are doing the job and stuff, such. As you were saying before, you started in this field of human resources or when you when your mother pointed you out like said go this direction son then like if you started in 85 let's say 35 years and like how much it has evolved and now how rapidly it has evolved and maybe can you see like looking back and how it progressed from being a personally related over to human resources and all the name changing and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's just like hits you like a fan, like what is happening? Yeah, it, it the last year, year and a half, uh, the entire industry has had to change reluctantly. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, one of my friends uh, who I know online, I've met her once, uh, the first issue she had was, do we have a work from home policy? And do we have a computer, use your computer at home policy? And the instant reaction was, oh my gosh, we're losing control. So I called her. I didn't do a Zoom thing. I called her. I said, hi, are people stealing your computers? And she says, no. I said, then why are you worried about it? Yeah. And I said, and honestly, whether you have a policy or not, because of what we're forced to do, people are going to have to work from home. So why don't you turn it around and say, you're allowed to work from home, do well. You're allowed to work from home, 
here's a computer to equip you to do the good work. And when by reframing how we look at things and allowing people to do their work, it blossoms. Now, the HR people that want to control and confine are struggling even worse because they're assuming that the world's on fire. It's not. It's more wonderful now than it ever has been. It's forced us to be more relationship-oriented versus dictating tasks. And I, it's, it's a great way for us to grow. However, people are really struggling because this, to me, Hyoden, this is how HR should be all the time. And now our hand was dealt. Now we can make it better. So it's a blessing in disguise. I think so. And, and I think in, in the midst of all of the, I don't want to overlook the very difficult, challenging loss that, that the world's gone through. But it's a chance for the workplace and the work, uh, the way work is done to re be redone and move forward. So it, it basically becomes like it, it, it's a it's a trust issue. You have it to is. trust your employees. But uh, then again, when because you say all the policies, are we in a policy-driven hellhole? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Did you hear how, how I was just like, can I say it? <laughs> uh, I think it, it's funny. Uh, policies have never worked. It's amazing to me. I've written hundreds of them over my career, maybe more than hundreds of them over my career. And what I've found is we tend to write for the exception than the majority. So when there's a problem, instead of working through the problem, and I'm going to give you a quick example from my wife's work, and I told her I'm going to use the story forever now. She works in healthcare, honestly, yeah. on the education side of healthcare. She has been going to work. And they wear masks because we all wear masks everywhere. And there was a policy that came out from HR that said, masks can no longer have patterns, words, or anything plain color only, solid only. And I said, what happened was this. Somebody had something that was inappropriate or offensive or just wasn't good for the workplace or didn't go with their brand. So instead of talking to the person or that small group of people in person, we make this sweeping policy. Oh. And so my mom, who I spoke about earlier, has made masks for people through the pandemic. She's sewn like 400 of them. She took them to the local hardware store to give them out so that people had them. That's just who she is. Yeah. And so she's made some for our family. And they're very beautiful. They're, they're works of art type things. They're not gaudy. They're very subtle patterns. I said, wear one anyway. She says, what if I get in trouble? I said, take that bet. Yeah. Say, would you rather have me not wear a mask or wear something that's homemade, which brings a little life into this place during this difficult time? And we all need some humor in life. Oh, heavens, yes. And special in, in, a, in a time like this. We have to, why be iso or like unified or what do you call it when you're, everybody looks the same. Conformed. And do the, yeah, yeah. Conformed, yeah. So I, I remember when you posted this on your LinkedIn page, Like I was just like, what? Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm the type of guy, I would have gotten into like having a, some weird mask and then they would have, literally had to fire me because I, like I do everything opposite to what <laughs> policy we, we says. Are, that's where we are the same, <laughs> my friend. That's where we are the same. But how how is it with so the 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 policies can we say that it's based on fear or or just like so 
everybody follows the rules or they can say like no that's the rule because there is exception on everything i think uh, i don't know if this is your experience when rules come out everybody including the people who wrote them the first thing they do is how can i break this yeah because you're not giving people the parameters i think if you give people a bandwidth and say Look, if you go past this line, I'm going to address you. If you go past this line, I'm going to address you. Anything inside, do your job. Yeah. So I think it's more having a positive approach towards your people. Hey, I know that you're going to do a great work. Hey, you're at home. Gee, I know that you're going to have laundry while you're at home, and you're going to do it. And thank goodness, because I want you to be clothed when you're on the Zoom claw, and I want <laughs> you to be clean. Well, we don't want to have naked Zoom calls. <laughs> And there you go. Oh, it, it was funny is uh, when you when you frame it, you can tell people all the rules in the world by giving them parameters to do well and expecting them to do well. Have we in because uh, now this podcast is about happiness at work or well being at work, like whatever we which word we are choosing to talk about. But like, how has it been in the HR world? Are we allowed to be happy at work? Or show happiness no. at work, or look how how can you see? Have you seen that in action? Personally, mm. yes. Uh, as my peers, no. I think they are struggling because this is such a shift for them, and all of the raw emotions that have come out during the pandemic are kind of swallowing them instead of embracing them. Mm. So if you're ang- if you're angry let it out. If you're sad, let it out. The big thing is we have to be more connected. And this it's interesting. You and I met at an online uh, event. Mm -hmm. You reached out, we connected, but we were intentional about doing this. And now we're talking on a call. Yeah. That's what's needed. And then if you notice that I'm not bringing happiness in my life, or I'm not experiencing happiness in my work as a friend, you can say, boy, you seem to be struggling. What's going on? Mm. So some of it is to get back to the happy place. You got to get them through the dark place. Uh, I wore my tie dye, my new tie dye shoes to work yesterday. Ooh. And I'm like, Ooh, should I? And then I went, you know, if the weather's gone, our, our snow is gone. Finally. I said, I'm going to wear my tie dye shoes and let's see what happens. And people lit up. They're like, look at the shoes. That's the coolest thing. This is so fun. And I went, ooh, this is, you know, I'm that guy. I'll wear the tie-dye shoes. I don't worry about the dress code. I'm supposed to have shoes. There you go. Oh, yes. So I think it's just looking at things from a little different angle instead of trying to go through straight on. And and you'll enjoy things a lot more. But now you work as, uh, uh, you're a vice president of HR at, La Rosa Pizza. Yes. Was it right? Pretty close. La yeah. Rosa's. Yeah, La yeah, Rosa's. Yeah. How, how do you implement happiness at work? And how, like, did you do it before and after, like, between or in the middle of this pandemic? What, what has been your drive to, like, say to people, like, hey, come on, let's, like, do something weird? Uh, <laughs> I have a fun story with that. I am the, the guy who's willing to be weird right off the bat. So as an example, I don't wear much logo wear. We have logo wear like every company has, and I'm very proud of where I work. But if I wear logo wear, there's a rule that if someone who's a stranger walks into the kitchen of the restaurant, 
the team members should say, hey, who, what are you doing back here? They never do because I'm a very tall person. I'm a big guy. So I walk in and they go, oh, gosh, there's a big guy in the back. And they don't know who it is. <laughs> and I never say anything. And I come and go, hi. And they go, who are you? I go, hi, I'm Steve. I'm from the office. And they go, oh, goodness. But they never say, hey, stranger, get out of here. No. <laughs> so, you know, you should, what, why do we have somebody who's not in our Low Roses gear walking around the, the kitchen? <laughs> but uh, one of the favorite things I did was uh, our dough for our pizza is frozen. So you put the toppings on it and it goes through a very hot oven. So 500 degree oven and it's cooked very rapidly, but uh, five, 10 minutes, it comes through the, the uh, oven. Uh, when you have dough, people at our company are 16 typically when they start. And when you're 16, you don't know, you're scared. You don't know where to show up. You don't know how to clock in. You don't, why do I have to wear a uniform? All of this stuff, you're just learning about work. So I came up to one of the 16-year-olds and I said, uh, hey, uh, that dough is upside down. And he says, what? I said, it's, it's upside down. You need to flip it over. And the other cook who was there who knew me and, and just knows my, my, my makeup goes, hey, uh, he's from the office. He doesn't know anything. We're cooks. Flip it back over. <laughs> so he flipped it back over. And I said, hey, I'm the head of human resources. And don't you understand that I can fire anybody at any time? You better flip it back over. So they flip it back over. <laughs> and then the cook says, he doesn't even know how to make a pizza. You obviously don't know, know how to do it either. Flip it back over. And then the kid is just crying and freaked out. We laughed and laughed and laughed. And he went home and told his mom and dad, hey, I learned how to make a pizza today and had fun flipping. They told me there was a dough. It was upside down. And what happened is that young person has stayed with us They've grown up with us, and now every time I go in there, when they have a new team member, they'll see the dough and go, oh, no, I'm sorry, you got that one upside down. Yeah. And they'll flip it over. <laughs> so it's it's taking the mundane and bringing joy to it. I think it uh, it helps. The other big thing that I do is radical, is I ask every manager to say hi to every single team member and thank them for coming to work every day, even the ones you don't like. And you see them roll their eyes and go, oh, they say, I know. But you know what? If you are willing to acknowledge me and thank me for being there, A, I'm focusing on the right things because those are the people who are reliable and showing up. And B, I've made their day just by greeting them. I think happiness and joy in the workplace and kindness in the workplace is much simpler than we make it. But it takes intentional effort from those that are over people or have people report to them. I don't mean it in a bad way to say, you matter. You're part of my team. And if you're part of my team, I need to acknowledge you. Thank you for being here. And let's see what the day brings us. But do you need a policy for that? So, uh, No, no. Uh, it, it's funny. Uh, policies are about inappropriate behavior. I would rather have appropriate behavior. I can teach you appropriate behavior. I cannot beat you up with inappropriate behavior. How, how big is your company? How, how It must be big. It is. We uh, Well, there's two sides to it. Uh, we have corporate stores. We call our restaurants, we call stores. We have 11 of those. And so on the corporate side of my company, we have 1,100 team members. On the whole restaurant chain with our franchises, we have about 5,000 and we have 65 locations. But on the franchise side, I can more advise and influence. I really don't get to 
practice HR with them because they're really separate companies. So the 1100, are like how many, is there a big turnover in your company? Or like you're saying, if you have this 16-year-old guy or 16-year-old person who just stays on and on and on, like they want to be a part of something extraordinary. Yeah, we have a, a mix. Uh, in the restaurant industry, we are ahead of the curve. We have less turnover than most restaurants. However, we expect turnover. Working in our restaurants not for everybody. So, you know, standing on concrete for eight hours a day by a hot oven making pizza, mm-hmm. you know, so we have shorter term team members, you know, however, uh, Friday, uh, so in two days, I get to go recognize a 10-year, a 15-year, and a 30-year person who have worked at a restaurant. One is a delivery driver, one's a server, and one's a cook. Oh, and they've my. been here that long at the same location. They must be relics. Oh no, <laughs> they're 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 young. Uh, uh, the thirty-year employee is probably forty-six. Okay, or, 40, so they, or forty-eight. So they stay from when they start and work through. But how how do you recognize the effort of the employees? Because we are when we are talking about happiness at work, we want to be recognized and we want to be in a job where like you get some attention and you get a lot of permission to fail, to do things and, and maybe then you can discuss with them like, okay, why did you do that? And why like mm-hmm. so how how do you like gently push them forward. If if you see a potential in somebody, how how do you like recognize some extra thingy with a employee? I think the first thing that our team members look for, our managers look for, is reliability. So it's really funny. If if you're reliable, that gives a huge boost of credible. If Hayden shows up every day, every day, every day, every day, ooh, there's something there. So you're going to get more of my attention than the person who comes sporadically or doesn't really come on time. And it happens because it's a workplace, especially in restaurants. And then if you say, boy, I I really like doing this. I've learned pizzas. Can I learn hoagies too? When a person shows interest, we get them early and say, yes, you can learn this and this and this and this and this. We try to cross train both formally and informally. And then we understand that they may be just a phenomenal cook and not become a manager. And then we might have somebody who says, I really want to become a manager. So then they have to sit down with the district manager and I and say, and our first question is, why do you want to be a manager? And if somebody says, I want to enforce the rules and I want to do this and I want to do that, we're like, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> but do you help them because of your system in America, for example, like regarding schools, it, it costs a lot. Do you help them mm-hmm. if they have, like, if you see that that manager who said, like, I want to be a manager because I love the, uh, like, being with around people and helping people, serve people, whatever they say. Like, then you yes. say, okay, we will grant you a scholarship. Yeah. or Yes, we, we have uh, some of those larger benefits, like tuition reimbursement if they want to go to school, or we'll do certificate programs or send people to certain classes. So instead of having a massive burdensome long-term thing time is our enemy if if we can have people get short chunks and good bursts now one of the things that's coming out of the pandemic is we realize we need to develop people more so we're going to take a look at development in three different ways the first one is this develop daily so every time i have an interaction with you is a chance to develop you the second one is 
midterm development. So should I send you to a certificate program? What, what interests you? Does that jive with where we want you to go in the company and you have better rich conversations? The third type of development is if you actually move into a larger role or take on more scope or take on more responsibility. But the goal isn't to push everybody to that larger thing, it's to make sure we develop on an ongoing basis. If we do this well, it'll make us better than we've ever been. But it's a big step. We just have to be more intentional and value it. Uh, but one of the big things, back to what we said earlier, I think companies have finally realized that if you're not people-centric, you're not going to last because the pandemic has shown us that everything's about people. Yeah. So, so now it's a chance to say, okay, since everything's about people, let's do these things to take care of our people because I truly believe if people enjoy their work, they're engaged, they have happiness, they will do the right thing to make our guests great, to do our products well. But if it's all about systems first, it won't work. And and do you have you heard of our former employees who say like the best place where I was like I grew up at La Rosa's like oh. and and they are glad that they got this training and stuff and then you said well now you're now I will release you you are ready yes. to face the world yes absolutely we I try and say I, I I want you to enjoy us as long as you are here yeah. I don't want to ever be in a situation where I have to ask you to leave. I want you to be prepared to enjoy the time while you're here. And I can't wait till your next step. So great example. We had a team member who retired after working for us for 50 years. Wow. And so all of the people that used to work with him when he was a general manager came to his retirement party. And there were people that were wildly successful in all these different careers. And they came up and said, Dave, I can't believe, boy, I, I, and they tell stories and stories. And remember when we did this and the, the time you brought milkshakes in, when we had a really rough night and you brought milkshakes for everybody. I still remember that. These people are in their 40s, 50s, 30s. And they tell these loving stories about this gentleman who poured into them for 50 years. And, uh, yeah, we have it happen all the time. But yeah. we're different. Yeah. This is a great example of a great workplace. So how, but how is it with uh, Mr. Steve Brown and his happiness at work and happiness at home and happiness in life? What, like, okay, we know, I know you're a goofball because that much ha- <laughs> I, have, I have discovered in our, our conversations. So we are, we are very much alike. Like, it takes a, 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 an ocean to figure out that. So, then. <laughs> <laughs> so what what makes you tick? What like what what makes you happy at work? I need freedom to think. Huh? And what's interesting is I work in a company, and this is we've said this out openly, so this is not something that's hidden. I'm a thinker in a company of doers, and that's very challenging because the great people at my company are incredible action-oriented people. I also act. However, I need to have time to think and conceptualize and uh, connect outside the company. If I'm confined inside and I have to stick inside a very small box, I struggle. I, I, it, it zaps my energy very quickly. When I came here, I told my boss, I said, and this is terrible, but I was at that point in my career, I said, I don't have to work for you. Anyway, what? I said, I really like the job I'm at. 
I don't have to work for you, but if you allow me to integrate HR throughout the organization, so wherever there are people, I can be there and I'm allowed to be there and I can keep my network outside of the company, I'll come work for you. And that's pretty bold because, you know, it should be the other way around. Most time employers go, so why do you want to work for us? And you're begging to work for them. I was in a very fortunate position where I didn't have to do that. And he said, that's why we want you here. And I went, what? He says, you're going to bring that to us. We can't wait. And I went, what? I, was, I never heard anything like that. So, I mean, I'll be honest. Here I am at work and I'm talking to a friend in Iceland. This, think about that. This isn't just because of technology. I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. And people know that I'm going to be on a podcast talking to a friend that I just met. That fills my bucket like you have no idea. I spend a good portion of every day in between tasks to reach out and connect to others. It's something that's driven me for years. Uh, I'm very natural at connecting people and not in a weird or creepy way. I want people to know each other because too many people are isolated and it just gives me great joy and happiness to know if I can get you connected to someone else, to someone else, that I know that you're going to find who you need to be with those people. It may be with me as well, which would be awesome. But if it's not, I, I, I don't want people to be fragmented and isolated because when you are, it's dangerous and, and, and your mental well-being will, could really suffer. I think I found my long lost relative in, uh, in America. <laughs> I, need a, I need an Icelandic name now. Yeah, yeah, we can figure that out. Stefan. Um, Steve is Stefan in Icelandic. So, uh, I like you, it. You, there you go. Yes, and you know that the Vikings, they found America. So let's not talk about the other guy. Who, like, <laughs> so. I agree with you. I agree with you. But how is Steven at home? How is happiness at home? How how does uh, like your work happiness at work? It must like how is your wife and is he also as you mentioned he has been working in the education in the health health system. So how how like how is she? How are you doing? You two, if you have We're been working in La Rosa's for XX years, you have not been. Well, there she's for worked. She's she's worked at her place for twenty years this year. And I've worked at my place this year would be my 15th. This is the longest I've ever been anywhere. Yes, um, oh, yes. Because we found places that really Matter. do well. She is my complete opposite. And thank goodness. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't, I couldn't live with myself. There's no freaking <laughs> way. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as extroverted as I am, she's not. As, uh, as non-task oriented as I am. She is. So we balance each other very well. And we're at a great stage in our life because our kids are grown and they're out of the house. So what's interesting is for the past couple of years, we've had to learn, you know, how are we going to do well together? Because now we're it, you yeah. know, there's no one else in the house. We don't, that takes away our time, our effort, our energy. Now it's us. So we're doing all kinds of things, um, being more active physically, getting out now the pandemic has crushed a lot of this because so few places are open but we're trying to do that and then uh we're just trying to figure out how to move forward into the future we're planning a trip to go on a vacation again safely the thing that's nice is she's willing to let me be the person who pushes boundaries so if i go hey i think we can do this with the following you know steps because we don't want to be reckless Mm. But at the same time, we're, we've chosen not to live isolated. 
because it just it sucks us dry if it, if it happens. Uh, we lose happiness in our lives after a while if it's only us, and that sounds awful because uh, I've been with her for 31 years. Yeah. But, you know, you need more people. We're social beings. Uh, she needs to talk to people other than me, and I need to talk to people other than her. Uh, it's just to, just to stay healthy. That is the human species. We have to talk to people. We have to interact with people. And I have been with my wife for 34 years, and you are just, you are, I think you are talking about my marriage in a sense also. Because <laughs> my, my kids my kids are 20, and we are, sometimes I ask her when I come home, and she says, are the kids at home? And she is, I think so. <laughs> yes. uh, she has, uh, like, uh, and and we are just like that is the reality that all of a sudden mm-hmm. after 20 years we have to figure out how to be together again right in a sense right. of like we are not this people who are like we have to do this and that and uh, oh maybe the grass is greener over there let's go there and so we have to figure out some stuff and uh, but luckily like you say she is uh Probably as your wife, <laughs> I could not. Li- I don't think I could live with myself. <laughs> self awareness, man. You got to have self awareness. So, in a sense, though, like happiness in life, isn't it just like to how, how do you cope with like there are so many negativity in the world? What does Steve Brown do to cope with happiness in life, and how how do you just combine like you you in america have had four years of weirdness for us outside mm. america mm-hmm. so how, sure. how how did you cope like, how, what do you do to just stay sane oh i surround myself with great people all the time uh, i check in with people I, I honestly i'll bet you i check in with between 30 to 50 people a day oh just my. to hear from them oh yeah easy how Easy. long is like you? I have only twenty-four hours in my day. How, how many hours do you have? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it, it's. I, I I have this incredible capacity, and it sounds awful because I don't like talking about myself. I just need a giant volume of people around all the time, and I'll take more in and take more in and take more in to make sure. I mean, I can't express it in like good words. I don't know how to say it. Um, I'm a positive person. So even in some of the more difficult things, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, When you talked about the political situation, my staff uh, of three are incredible ladies. Oh my gosh, they're just the best. And and they don't agree politically. So I said, all right, here, this is what we're going to do. You can talk to me about your views. Doesn't matter. If you're very conservative, if you're moderate, if you're liberal, I don't care. You can come, but you can't talk to each other about it. Because when you talk to each other about it, it could get stupid. Mm. You're a great team. And this is a very delicate subject. And I don't want to tell you what you can't do. I'm going to give you the option of how to do it well. So I'm more of a person to give people openings and and open doors. The biggest thing that keeps me happy, so to speak, is uh, interaction. I just have to do it. This is interesting. When people say, I have Zoom fatigue, I have this and this, I said, then you must be talking to boring people because I think it's great <laughs> to get with people and get on there and go, what's up? How you doing? Good day, hey? And they're like, cut it out. We got to be serious. Like, no, man. Uh, you know, oh, someone's cat walked across the screen. My thing is, what kind of cat is that? Yeah. I don't get upset about these things. Uh, life is too short. You know? Have um, fun. Have fun. Yeah. Well, uh, um, Somber story for a good story. 
my boss of 14 years passed away three days before Christmas. And unexpectedly, not because of COVID, had a heart okay. issue, died overnight. Devastated us. Devastated us. One of the things that uh, he and I were in charge of is we have a large, large American flag. The flagpole is taller than our building. We have a two-story building. It's huge. And so he taught me that I was supposed to be the caretaker of the flag along with him. Well, it was getting torn up and ripped up and stuff. It was frozen to the pole. So we went out to it, and I'm like cranking on it, cranking on it. And it was frozen. And I said, doggone it, Kevin, I know you're here. Because <laughs> I'm supposed to take care of the flag, and I can't because you froze it to the pole. I honestly went to lunch at our favorite watering hole, came back, and it was thawed. Okay. So, you know, you can see joy even in the biggest loss. You can see happiness in stuff that's very difficult because he was someone who invested so much time in my life. And he mirrored that and said, hey, you know, because I do this, you should do this for others. And to me, that's more natural. It's more my bent. Uh, I hang out with people like you, my friend, uh, who I'm sure does the same thing. Um, it's needed more. Yeah. We have to celebrate the, the small things also. Like there's more to Absolutely. life. There's more between life and death. And I'm sorry for your loss. And it sounds, he sounds like a great guy. And he Incredible was, guy. And he was wise enough to hire you, wasn't he? Ah. Yeah, he was kind enough to hire me. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how is it? it, it my uh, last question about you is that if you need to be around and you make 30 to 50 calls a day to people, how do you be like, no, the question is, can you be alone with yourself? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? It's hard. <laughs> Uh, it is, it is, you know, I'm like, why, why am I alone? What's yeah. going on? Is there, isn't there somebody I can talk to? Didn't I bathe uh, today? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I take time for myself. Uh, I do. Um, but I do that by, uh, it's funny. I'll listen to podcasts. So I'm listening to people I, I or I read and I'm learning from people, yeah. uh, or I'm out in nature because, um, you can learn from, for me, I can just get a good walk, just clears my head. Uh, and I enjoy seeing all around me, the sounds, the, the shapes, the feels, the wind, the breeze, you know. Uh, sometimes you just got to get out and let your thoughts fly a little bit. Um, I will go to, there's a local place I go to lunch, our watering hole. Where I used to go to my boss. I'll go out by myself and just sit there yes. and not, not engage, just listen. Uh, so there's times to recharge, but they're rare. Uh, I really need the energy of people. Yeah, it's a great stuff. It has been great talking to you, but I have a challenge. Okay. Even though, like, you have said my name, almost right, and I have given you the Icelandic name of Stefan. Yes. Can you say that? Stefan. Okay. So I want to say to say a little word for me. Sure. So can you say Hortnafjörður? Hurting the funeral. Close? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> All right. Tell me what it means. It's just a town in the east side of Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, before we got on the call, I look, you know, uh, 
one of my bucket list things, and I am not joking, is I want to come to Iceland because it fascinates me, the culture, the, the people, and just the, the closeness, the camaraderie that, that I sense is there. Uh, I want to experience that. And I love that your language is very difficult for us to understand. I love that it's got letters and letters and letters yeah. and different sounds and in, you know intonations. I think that's great, man. I, I, I don't it. know why there are not more that speak Icelandic because it's a fascinating language. Oh, no doubt. I no think, doubt. I think if the Viking had like stayed in America all those years ago, then you probably you would probably be talking to an Icelandic. I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, Steve, it has been great talking to you, and I thank you because I know you're busy because now you have to like now you have only forty nine people left on your list. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing, amazing! I can't thank you enough, and I'm grateful and happy, like for everything you do, and I love reading your stuff on the internet, and uh, thank you. just. Have a, a great rest of your week, and we will meet and hopefully meet in Iceland. Kjordan, I would love that. You have no idea. I mean that at the bottom of my heart. And I'm so glad that we sat at the same table Yes, at, kind, <laughs> at Kindfest. It just happened to meet each other yeah. because it, it just brought us together, and I, and I love all the things that you do as well. Yes. Thank you very much for the time. This has been the Tribute to Happiness podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. You'll find us on social media.